Assalamualaikum. How are you? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Of course, when a family member dies, a person feels grief for three days. We mourn for three days and three nights. So, currently, in Gaza, our relatives in Deen are dying daily. So, we are in a state of grief in that regard. But it reminds me of 1895, Theodor Herzl, his diary. You find in his diary accounts before the official announcement of Zionism that displacement of the ethnic groupings, meaning the Arabs, that are found in Palestine is essential to the Zionist project. So what we witness now is a containment and compromising of the Arabs. And I mention Arabs specifically because it includes the Christian Arabs that are located in Palestine also, which the Khilafah safeguarded, the Christian Arabs and the Jews that resided in Palestine, they were always safeguarded by the Khilafah. Even during the reign of a Sultan Abdul Hamid Afani, rahimahullah ta'ala. And then in 1905, Arthur Balfour, who made the declaration in 1917 of, a, of Israel, of a Jewish homeland. Uh, in fact, Arthur Balfour, he was responsible for the Aliens Act in the UK in 1905 because Russia was expelling so many Jewish people because anti-Semitism is a symptom of Russia and Europe. So they were sending out the Jews, not permitting them to reside in Russia. And Arthur Balfour what, did not want Jewish people to reside in Britain. So he places this 1905 Aliens Act. And in fact, the Balfour Declaration is an anti-Semitic declaration. Why is it anti-Semitic? Because in its essence, it accepts a Jewish conspiracy that the Jews control the world. And therefore, the British government needs to follow the Zionist uh, philosophy in uh, determining a home place for the Jewish population. While in Islam, we've never had anti-Semitism. The Jews lived uh, side by side in Spain, the Sephardic Jews. And the Jews were welcomed by Sultan Abdul Hamid as Ahlu Dhimma, people of protection. Then we fast forward uh, with the containment and compromising of Arabs to our modern time in Gaza. That diary of Theodor Herzl relates to the current situation also, because displacement of Ahlu Gaza, displacing them from Gaza, entails that you repopulate that same area with other peoples from around the world, the diaspora, what they refer to as the Jewish diaspora of different ethnicities, not a homogenous group. They, they are not an ethnic uh, homogenous group. They are various different ethnicities. They place them dual nationals within the emptied land, that land which is then emptied of all the indigenous people who include Bani Israel, because many of the Palestinian are actually Bani Israel, but they adopted Islam as a deen because Islam is colorblind when it comes to race or ethnic groupings. So now the current situation, the containment of the Arabs uh, and also what I mentioned, the compromising of the Arabs is it, it, it comes out in the current nation states that we have like Jordan, where Jordan is compromised, UAE is compromised, you have misguided fatwas of Abdullah bin Bayya, who is one foot in the grave and has no shame in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
and his student Hamza Yusuf, who does not condemn Abdullah bin Bayya for his misguided verdict in validating a recognition of the state of Israel, mixing bananas and oranges between Hudna, which is a ceasefire, and a and which uh, a ceasefire and a, a peace agreement, meaning total acceptance of uh, Israeli hegemony around the region and accepting Jerusalem as the capital of this illegal entity, which is known as Israel. So we are compromised in terms of some of the ulama who are compromised, like Abdullah bin Bayya and others who may support him. But how do we counter this compromising of some of the nations, nation states who salute flags, they worship flags and constitutions, and they accept a paper currency, paper currency which does have its roots with uh, bankers who bought up some of the land in the 1890s in Palestine. They actually bought up land for, to allow settlers to come and uh, settle in that land. And then you have American foreign policy, which is also compromised by the Israel lobby. The Israeli lobby is not actually a conspiracy. It's just a loose organization of various interest groups. But you look at the policies of America post-1967, you read the accounts, you will find that increase for support for Israel uh, was post-1967. There was a spike. And not only this, you find that after 1979, when Anwar Sadat, when he accepted Israel, there were many clauses in that agreement, but the aid efforts, aid was increased to Egypt by America. Similarly, aid was increased to Jordan in 1994 after uh, the King of Jordan accepted Israel. And uh, this aid is one of the main reasons why those states are compromised. And this is why the Pakistani army, for instance, is compromised. We know of the, the gift aids that the Pakistani army is given. The Pakistani army is actually on the grid of uh, the nexus, you can say, of uh, merch, those who buy arms from uh, the global elite that make those arms in the Pakistani army is one of the market forces that purchases those arms, like the Turkish army, which is also compromised with Erdogan's deals with gas. As you mentioned to me once, Dili, with regard to the gas deal that was done a few weeks ago and many other military deals which are done. This is the compromise part. The containing, as I mentioned, is a, a genocide and ethnic cleansing, removing the indigenous people from the lands. What is the solution? The solution includes an, a, an active pressing for opening of borders because opening of borders entails much more. If we as Muslims united on the front of demanding the opening of all borders for aid to enter and for other things, then that will change the reality on the ground. That when you have a surge of Muslims entering from the border, the re the return of the Palestinians back to their homeland from the Nakba of 1948, when you had over 800,000 Palestinians displaced, they must return back. They must come back into Palestine because they, they will repopulate the area. And uh, 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 when they will repopulate the area, that will empower the Palestinians. And again, if Israel is permitted to be a Jewish state, then Palestine is an Islamic entity. I wouldn't use the word state. And lastly, what I would mention in this regard is the scam 
of the 1967 uh, border claim two-state solution. There are some naive Muslim ulama, politicians, of course, they uh, they say this, but there are some naive ulama who call for the pre-1967 borders and they say to call for anything else is just uh, in uh, in relation to Hizb al-Tahrir or Ikhwan al-Muslimin. This is false. This is a false notion. The If they understood how American foreign policy works, it works with what dangling a, a carrot to the people. But at the same time, America increased its don donations. The donors increased to illegal settlers. While they were discussing a two-state solution, they were entrenching themselves in the West Bank, entrenching themselves in Palestine. Uh, the three-zone tier system that they have is a scam. The entire two-state solution is a scam that America has been pushing while the Muslims have been buying this and they continue to buy this, like Mahmoud Abbas and others. Other leaders continue to buy this. America, with its uh, Zionist lobby, is entrenching the settlers in, in, into the legal occupation. The entire occupation is illegal, of course. But when you start relying on UN re resolutions, which the Muslims have been doing in Kashmir also, relying on resolutions, which in of themselves are ineffective. They are inept. They have no active force on the ground. We need to realize that the UN has failed Muslims. Uh, the UN gave 55% of Palestine in 1948 to, in May 1948, to Israel, to the illegal entity. So the UN was culpable in giving the very entity, that we, the land of Palestine, to the illegal state. This same entity, the UN, is what it has no, it's vacuous. It's just statements that they give. And when we Muslims realize that we need to establish our own autonomy with, min Allah, from Allah, and that, is that entails the re-establishment of the Khilafah as Jerusalem, as the capital, that needs to be announced en masse, that we and as Muslims announce Jerusalem as the capital of the Muslim Khilafah, and the Jews are welcome to stay. They are our guests as Ahlul Dhimma. Of course, they return all the land which has been plundered, but they, the, those Jews who want to remain, we are not anti-Semitical like Arthur Balfour, who believed in a conspiracy theory of global Jewry uh, controlling because the Jews were barred from occupations in Europe in the uh, Middle Ages. Many of them went into money laundering. And when they went into money laundering, some of them had influence, influence. They became influential as bankers, which the Rothschild family is one of those child uh, families that funded wars, the Napoleonic Wars. So because of this, Europe uh, uh, had deep uh, resentment against Jewish people and had anti-Semitic feelings, which went back to the time of Richard the, uh, Richard the so-called Lionheart, the Lioness Heart. In his time, anti-Jewish riots broke out in the time of a Sultan Salahuddin al-Ayyubi. In that time, they had the Saladin tax, the, the Salahuddin tax, and anti-Jewish riots broke out. So anti-Semitism is your problem, O West. It is your problem in the Western Hemisphere. It is your problem in Russia, where the protocols of Zion were forged. They were not forged by Muslims. We have Al-Quran Al-Kareem that gives us guidance. We do not need the protocols of the elders of Zion. And in order to understand how groups like J.P. Morgan or 
uh, Goldman Sachs, which Rishi Sunak worked for, how these bankers influence the Federal Reserve and how they influence foreign policy. All of that is not hidden and it's not actually conspiracy theory. So uh, the Khilafah changes all of that because it changes our economic mindset. It changes our approach to civil liberty, to uh, social justice and our approach to militarization. How we as Muslims do not condone nuclear bombs, a bomb which was made by Einstein, who was Jewish of descent and was offered the first presidency of the state of Israel. That is not without co coincidence that Einstein, uh, his science, his physics, played a major role in the invention of the, the atomic bomb, even though Einstein was regretful of this. And they, uh, David Ben-Gurion, the first president of Israel, prior to him, Einstein was offered the presidency of the illegal state of Israel. The nuclear bomb, Muslims would never have thrown that, but the USA threw that nuclear bomb on Japan. So a country like the USA, which can throw nuclear bombs on its enemies, do not expect mercy from such a system, from such an entity that has no mercy on its enemies, which we witnessed with the, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And that is why it comes to no surprise that there is unrelenting uh, force being used in Gaza today with warships being placed on the Mediterranean against the civil population in the largest open air prison in the world. But the solution is an intellectual intifada where our minds wake up. Now, some of the youngsters, they're saying uh, a call for jihad. Let me tell you a fiqh rule. A fiqh rule, which I was reading today in Al-Lubab when teaching the class, is that a taklif ala hasbil wat, a taklif meaning being obliged to do something is in accordance with ability, in accordance with ability. So the fard of jihad falls upon those military groups that have the ability, not upon civilians, not upon civilians, because lone wolves, they become the target of what? Of intelligence services, intelligence agencies, they infiltrate all these jihadi groups. They have people imprisoned and they misguide many young people. Therefore, work according to your ability. And the first step is the intellectual intifada. We need an intifada, but that intifada be, needs to be intellectual. That is a perfect cue for Roshan to play the next video, which is Netanyahu explaining what the caliphate is to Piers Morgan during a CNN interview. Roshan, can you please play that? Because the people who want us out, they don't want any Western presence here. And guess what? Increasingly, they don't want any Western presence here either. They have dreams of reestablishing the caliphate. Shansar, mm. over to you. Um, why is, do you think that that is a genuine fear or concern uh, to Western governments and state leaders and those who run the echelons of the international system, whether it be financial, political, or otherwise, or is this, or is this just fear-mongering? What do you think? I believe it is a fear, whether it's in the form of uh, Islamic caliphate, some of them tend to frame this as Arab nationalism. So socialists tend to state that Arab nationalism is a threat to Israel and the West, but they do not understand the distinction between caliphate and Arab socialism in the sense that the drive of Islamic caliphate is based on Iman. And when you have a strength of Iman, 
it can uh, what they fear is a pan-Islamism, what they refer to as pan-Islamic thought, something that transcends nationalism, uh, something that's not limited to the, to the borders of any country. And it also means an overhaul of the financial system. And that is a greater threat for the West because at the moment Europe is hungry. And when the white man is hungry, they become warmongers. And that is what they have been doing throughout their history from Portugal, uh, Vasco de Gama and the naval crusades and Columbus and his search for India for spices and gold in order to, if you check his diaries, Columbus's diaries, you will, 1492 was the year when the Muslims, just a few months earlier before Columbus's voyage, the Muslims had been removed from Spain. So that's not taught in your English uh, history classes that the Muslims had just been removed and then Columbus went to sail for gold uh, in India to retrieve gold for what? For the, the reconquering of Jerusalem. So wars are also economical and a caliphate entails the end of the Federal Reserve. It entails the end of the Bank of England and its control of capital and its control of finance and its control of uh, the, the petrodollar the uh, the control of petrol uh, oil in the middle east and so many different things it has so many ramifications implications in the fact that if there is what they refer to as a pan-islamic movement that transcends any one group it transcends one political movement it goes into the entire ummah and that is of course will be viewed definitely as a danger because if uh, if uh, north america can feel threatened by europe when Europe unites uh, a, a conglomerate of nations, or even by China, the, the perceived threat from China, I would say, uh, the perceived threat from China, or the perceived threat from Russia, if there is act an actual movement to uh, unite the nation states and uh, obliterate really the, the, the system that controls the mind, meaning you, uh, look at all these Turkish nationalists, Pakistani nationalists, uh, various types of nationalists so brainwashed to the point that they uh, believe that that one nation is more important than the entire Ummah. Once that concept is removed, that does become a global threat for uh, Western ascendancy.